Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text this morning is from the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at the 13th verse. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who, made, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by admolish, abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostilities. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So far. Dear friends in Christ Jesus our Lord, I hear that they are taking the swimsuit competition out of the Miss America pageant. And I heard that some of the women who are involved in that really don't like it either. But I'm sure that there'll be plenty of time for the contestants of Miss America to say something about politics or social issues. But of course, we don't ever want Miss America to say anything that would offend anybody. And that's why one of the most common things that Miss America contestants say that they want is world peace. World peace. I mean, who would have anything against world peace? Truth is, there has never been world peace. And if you even look here at home, there seem to be a lot of things that can divide us. Racial problems, sexual problems, divisions, religious, social Now, I don't want to sound like Miss America, but I do look pretty good in a bathing suit. <laughs> uh, but we actually do have the solution for world peace. And that's what St. Paul is talking about here. Let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. St. Paul had a big problem in his church, a big division. It was the Jews... And the Gentiles, when you know the, the Gentiles are everybody else but the Jews. So in a sense, the Jews, was, Jews opposed to the rest of the world. And I guess you could say that part of it was God's fault. Because uh, way back from the time of Moses on, God had set up a system of rules and regulations to keep them from being uh, sucked into secu- the secular world. And so he had all of these things that were intended to keep them separate and unique. They couldn't eat certain foods. They couldn't eat 
uh, pork, they couldn't eat horse, they couldn't eat shrimp or crawfish. He made rules about who they could marry. They could only marry people of their own uh, nationality. He made laws about the kind of clothes they could wear. They couldn't wear clothes of mixed fabric because he wanted to remind them that they were not to mix in with the rest of the world. They were there to keep the promise of a Savior alive. And he was trying to keep them from being brought into the secular world. It worked pretty good. Except human beings, such as we are, tend to be able to mess things up, and the Jews did. And so they started to add all kinds of other rules and regulations to God's rules and regulations. And so by the time you come to Jesus, St. Paul's time, they had made rules that they couldn't even associate with Gentiles. They couldn't go over to their house or they'd be unclean. They couldn't even eat a meal with them. They couldn't even touch them. Remember uh, when they were trying to railroad Jesus uh, to be crucified, and they all hauled him up to Pontius Pilate, but they wouldn't go in his house because he's a Gentile. And so they stood on a, out in the courtyard, and Pilate had to go out to them. Now you know God did not intend it to be that way. In the Old Testament, God sends Jonah to the town of Nineveh. They were all Gentiles. God heals Naaman, who was a Gentile. God never intended to go this far. But by the time of Christ, the Jews hated the Gentiles. And you can imagine the Gentiles hated the Jews, too. How would you feel about a group of people who thought that if they touched you, you, they became unclean. So, what can be done about that? How can you fix that, break down that huge wall that was between them? Well, that's what St. Paul is talking about here. Uh, for in him, that's Jesus, right? For in him, uh, for he himself is our peace, who has made this, the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. The Jews went and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. That message, and that message brought them peace. St. Paul says, Jesus is our peace. Christ is our peace. They who were two separate people now became one in Christ Jesus. Can it work today? 
We're not talking so much about Jews and Gentiles anymore today, but there are certainly plenty of divisions. There's racial divisions. I mean, it's going on for thousands of years. In the last couple hundred years, we've been saying, well, we shouldn't be doing that stuff anymore. But it still goes on. Problems with uh, social issues. You think, well, maybe it's, it's not so bad anymore, but all you have to do is pick up your newspaper and read the news, right? And you'll see that there's a constant division between people. Religious differences, social differences, even differences between believers and unbelievers. Can that be fixed? The only way it's going to be fixed is if it's fixed the way uh, the early Christians did. You see, Miss America has been calling for peace for years and years. It hasn't happened. Uh, We've passed laws against discrimination, one after discrimination of every different kind. It still still goes on. We can shame people and not not saying the wrong kind of words, but it doesn't make any difference. They still do it. And the problem is that none of those things address the real issue And that's the heart. And that's why the only hope we have is to do it the way the early Christians did it. And it starts with a big event. You know, I was just thinking about this last week. Uh, I was looking at all those pictures from that hurricane that hit Florida. You saw all those pictures. I, I could smell it. I could smell it. But I learned some things from our hurricane. And one of the things I learned was just truly amazing. That everyone who came back after the storm was friends with everyone else who came back after the storm. It didn't matter what color you were. It didn't matter where you lived, where you grew up. It didn't matter. None of those things mattered. Because we had survived this great event together. And all those other things seemed like silly, insignificant differences. Before, they might have not given each other the time of day, but now that all seemed like nothing because we had been through a big thing together. And that's what we have in the Christian church. Let me take you to a big event that's bigger than any hurricane. Let me take you to the foot of the cross. Um, there we are, the foot of the cross, knowing that we have not kept God's righteous demands upon us, that we have sinned against him, and that we deserve only one damn thing. And there at the foot of the cross, we look up and we see the blood of Jesus running down his hands and his feet and falling upon us. And Jesus says to us, With this blood I cover you. With this blood you are 
washed clean. You are forgiven. Go in peace. Have you been there with me? If you have, you know, you know that because we've been through this one big thing, all those other things shrink to insignificance. Does it really matter to us what color you are or where you came from or who you voted for or, or uh, who your relatives is, who your mama is? Does that really matter anymore? It all shrinks to insignificance because we have been through this one big thing together. And here's a kicker. When you spend time at the foot of the cross... It changes. It changes your heart so that you are able to love instead of hate. When I lived in Africa, I learned pretty quickly that I would never be able to fully understand what it means to be an African. And they would never be able to understand what it means to be an American. But it didn't matter. Because we had been through the same big thing together. And so when we sang together, we sang for the same reason. You see, we, we have this thing. We have the world's only hope for peace. We have the one thing that can make a difference. To join separate people to make them one body in Christ. And I, I guess I don't think that we'll ever see peace on earth. But we each can give a little peace to our world, one heart at a time. Amen. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. you please stand and we will confess our faith according to the words of the Apostles' Creed, page 7. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.